0: Tuning into Trash Talk, we're back for episode three of this newly acquired duo. And before we start, and before I introduce the main man, Pete over here, we do want to touch on the Glenn Rice situation, because as much as this has been a bit of, you know, cannon fodder for Twitter and all that sort of stuff, and it's been kind of funny the way that it's folded out, because everyone could almost see it coming apart from the New Zealand Breakers. I think we both agree, Pete, and I'll let you touch it on again, that we're not going to make any jokes of it now. Because from sources we've heard of what happened in Cairns that didn't seem to get in the news about rocking up to the hotel intoxicated, then getting into another being outside of his bail area in Auckland. It's no longer a joke, it's actually moved into that sad territory. It
1: has, and as you said, we're not going to touch on it too much. We, we wish him all the best, we hope he gets the help he needs, and I really, he's one of the most talented players I've ever watched in Australia come in, and what he manages to do, and I really hope he can get the help, mental health is such a huge thing, and I wish him all the best and I think that's all he needs to say.
0: It is. And I hope this chapter of whatever happens in Glen Rice Jr.'s life from now on, that this is hopefully a wake-up point, which it could have come earlier, but the guy's still relatively young. Plenty of life to live and maybe basketball isn't going to work out. He needs to get in a new environment. We do wish him, his family, all the best, but that is the last that we will touch. Hopefully, barring anything else happens from the breakers on the Glenn Rice situation. So all the best to him and his journey to recovery of, of whatever is going on there. But... The big stuff that's been going on this week, the Kings, who give the Kings the rings has been said all week by certain individuals. Yes. Including me. I at one point did say, give the Kings the rings. But they faltered. 11-1, the best start in NBL history, and then drop off and drop two games to the Cairns, Taipans and the Perth Wildcats in relatively embarrassing fashion. What did you
1: make of it? Well, that first one, and it wasn't so much, and I think they were due a loss, and I think it's a good reality check for them. This league is tough, and probably they thought it was just a little... Bit of easy sailing for a little bit, and I'm glad it. They'll probably be glad it will happen. I think they'll come out of it a better side because of it. But it was the way they played, especially against the Perth Wildcats. And Bogut said it in a post game interview. He said they got out, hustled. The the energy wasn't there. They got out. They got destroyed on the boards, which is something they've prided themselves on. And being a defensive team, it was more the way they lost that game, which was a little concerning. And I really expected them to bounce back against go Cairns. snakes, baby. I thought go they. Snakes. We'll talk about the snakes. I love <laughs> the snakes, but I thought they were going to bounce back and really put the hurt on them. So it's a tough time, but I think they'll be better for it. Do
0: you do you give anything to the fact that and and it's come out quite a lot that Boger drops back. He plays that NBA style defense on the on ball where you drop back, and he allowed both Bryce Cotton and DJ Newbill to absolutely go off. In DJ Newbill with thirty one points over the weekend, as well as Bryce Cotton going off for 20 points in the first half. Is is this the blueprint to beat the Kings, or is this just a literally a matter of Bogut taking one step up? Well, it's Bogut and Daniel Kicker.
1: It's both their bigs, and that's the way they've played all season, and they've kind of got away with it. It's been hidden in, in certain games, but they just really back off, and Bryce Cotton, he had whatever it was in the first half of just floaters. Like He comes down, turns the corner and hits the floater. DJ Newbill coming on hitting those jump shots, and they're if you look at the teams they're going to play in playoffs, which right now looks like it could be Cairns, you can't play that way against Cairns. Melbourne, it's going to be Mello, Trimble, or Chris Golding coming off. You can't play that way against them. And then Perth, we know what they're going to do. Even if it's the Phoenix, John Roberson the same as well. So- John
0: Roberson, when they played, they moved the on-ball up and they had him coming into that three-point shot, which is more Roberson's game than the mid-range. Right. Because it, and I'm on the sort of side of, and I'm not sure whether this is the strategy, I assume it is with Will Weaver, but... I'm happy with people taking that shot as long as it's a step back from the free throw line. A free throw line jumper, when you know that that's what you're going to get and you can come into it all week and just practice it day after day, then it's dangerous. Well, that's what it
1: is. And you've got to be able to adjust on the fly. I think in the first quarter, maybe you see Bryce Cotton's having too much success with it. Something has to change. You can't just go through the whole game thinking, oh, well, he, he made him all in the first quarter. He'll miss them in the last three. These players are too good for that. And I think it's something they'll have to adapt with. But they did it last year as well with, with Bogues. That's kind of the way he plays. He's a massive
0: defensive presence. And they've had a lot of success. So... It'll be interesting to see what they do going forward. We know what the NBL is like. No one goes 11-1 and one and isn't going to be bound to drop some games, whether it's complacency, whatever it is. And we also got to remember that Bogut's back isn't 100% by any means at the moment. So there could be a stretch during the season here where Bogut has to sit out three to four games. It's about what happens then because the last thing you want to do with the position that Perth is in and how strong they are at home is be playing Perth on the road in the finals. Then teams have to understand that, that the last place you want to be is on the road in Perth in the finals. For sure, and I think they will be able to bounce back,
1: but they're juggling certain things that other teams have already dealt with. You look at Melbourne, injuries, getting players back. Obviously, for the while, Sydney, when Kevin Lish was out, had their rotations down packed. They had certain players knowing their role. Craig Moller goes down. You have to bring other guys in. Xavier Cooks
0: is coming back. Kevin Lish came back. Who looks shit.
1: Well, he's been Kevin out for so Kevin Lish looked long. terrible,
0: and he looks sluggish, and I don't know why Will Weaver left him out for so long during the game, especially in the fourth.
1: Well, I think they were just trying to get his legs back because no matter how much you train, apparently he was ready probably a couple of weeks ago and they did the right thing of saving him for a little bit. Nothing's going to prepare you for game shape.
0: So he's probably trying to get the legs under him knowing that what's coming forward. Do you think it played an impact in the loss though? I'm saying it had an impact in the loss. I I reckon they win that game if Kevin Lewis doesn't play such heavy minutes.
1: Well, at the moment, with with players out and Xavier Cooks not there, you have got to look at who else they're playing, and you're going to talk about that Cairns game. And I know you've got down on a point here with Casper Ware. You're trying to find someone else who can try and get going in certain times. So you got to give him credit if it works. You're giving him credit for it. And
0: I think Kevin Lish is obviously going to bounce back. He's yeah, yeah I, there's absolutely no worry for me for the Kings. Yeah. I, I rate no, Cairns I and I rate Perth, but in no way this is doomsday talk. Where you know the blueprint, unless Andrew Bogut steps up, the Kings are going to they're not going to be able to win the championship, which is complete bullshit. No, that Complete bullshit. They're, they're, still they're in just as good of they're a position favorites. as they were. Two teams got incredibly hot against them over the weekend. Boga takes one more step up on that on ball, pushes that jumper back one foot. They're winning those games, they're in still, my opinion. They're still they're well fine. and truly favourites. Boga gets his back. No doomsday for me. Casper Ware had three points up until three-quarter time, which is going to happen.
1: In some games, you're just going to have off games and they're going to have enough talent around once Xavier Cooks get in. But obviously, Casper would be disappointed with himself in that. And then he erupted in the fourth. 21. Was it he 20 just or 21? Does. I think it was 21. 21, he just, yeah. He, tries to, he puts the team on his back. We know that's what he does. And he'll, he probably won't have another game where he's three points into a three-quarter time for the rest of the
0: season. These, no, I'd be very surprised yeah, if he went. Anyway, he probably won't have another 20-point quarter for the rest of the season as well. well but yeah. the consistency is what it yeah, is. But yeah. anyway, it's not a trash talk podcast unless we jump on the Illawarra Hawks. And now, this is probably my favorite news of the week's. The Illawarra Hawks sign Billy Preston and Darrington Hobson. Now, we understand that there's been pressure from the NBL for Illawarra to sign two players, and I actually want to see these players in the flesh because both of these sound... Billy Preston and Darrington Hobson sound like completely false names... (laughs) That have just been brought in where we may never see them actually on the court. They're just, oh yeah, we signed a <coughs> Billy Preston and <coughs> Durrington and Hobson. And they're just injured for a little and bit. And they're just <laughs> going to be injured and never actually take the court. So I'm not buying it until I see these guys. But look, we have done a bit of background. And Billy Preston, 22-year-old outside shooter, is the one for me. Hobson, versatile swing man. But being able to bring something that Boone and Ogilvy are not able to do and which will help because right now you're running an on-ball with Mello. And that's if we see him return, and we'll jump on that a bit later, with Conrad, who's just a little bit too small. It's an easy switch. As soon as you get a big... Who can in Billy Preston, who can actually stretch the floor, then that team becomes a little bit more dangerous. Look, I'm going to completely ignore what you're saying, because I want to go back to <laughs> last week.
1: Last week's podcast, we had a, uh, a little section about whether they should bother bringing imports in at all, and you shut it down. You yeah, said, no, no, I
0: think this is a shit move, and that's I hope they're I fake talk naps. About.
1: And that's what I want to talk about. You're, you can't be happy with this, seeing how they obviously went on the weekend with Angus Glover had a massive
0: breakout game. So you're not happy with these? No, no, I think whatsoever. it's terrible. And, and, I, and I understand from a commercial aspect why the NBL wants them to bring in guys, but I think it hurts them next year. Glover just came out and went off, had his best career game. These are the guys you need to be developing. And we touch on this every single week. And I'm, I'm, unfortunately, these guys have now, they've had to sign these two guys. And, and at least I like the guys that they've signed. Well, you keep saying that they're going gonna—they're destined for the bottom of the ladder. And right now,
1: after the breakers, Oh, weekend, yeah, they're I cemented they there. Are. They are not moving up. So, the bottom of the ladder. So, you want to be a little bit competitive for your fans. And there's a big reason I say that. Because the fans... A lot of fans right now are all on the LaMelo train. And our next
0: dot point... I don't think he's coming back. No, he ain't coming back. I he s- ain't coming back. We said that for a while. Lomelo and Hammer ball- said he wasn't coming back. Shane Heal said that he wasn't coming back. He was going to be back home for Christmas and not return. Which... I think I, I, I'm still not sold on it, whether it's he's just going to leave the country. I reckon he stays here and works out and rides this foot injury, which is always a very difficult one to diagnose. But Olgen Yulik actually came out and said that he is walking around a boot at the moment. Well, I'm, geez, they're not hard to put a boot on. I could put a boot on right yeah, now. And just But, walk around. but
1: either <laughs> still, you're right. There's probably, something, there's probably something wrong, whether it's to the extent of missing a month or whatever. But the man just had back-to-back triple doubles. He's had such a strong start to the year. If there is a little injury cloud, why are you going to risk it bringing him back for the rest of the season to finish bottom? Well, it was there, only, they spoke about it with Zion as well when he was a Duke. Not only that, they did that was different, and then he came out and, and Lamelo's come out and said he wants to finish off the year. But there's a difference yeah. between what you put out there and what you're saying behind closed doors. But if he, Maybe for someone as unmorally sound as yourself, Pete. Well, but most people, you know, what you say is what you get. But it's, it's more of... He's got his NBA career ahead of him and he's probably done enough right now to be in the conversation of the number one pick, whether he's going to be it or not. If he comes back, he could get hurt. He comes back, he's not going to be... It's going to be four weeks out giving these new imports that you believe are false identities to come in... <laughs> And really, they're going to try and take over games. They're going to play their role. And then he comes in and want to be the man again. It might be a little harder than he thinks. So he
0: skyrocketed.
1: His value skyrocketed as soon as Brooks left. Can his value with the two imports now coming back in a month get any higher?
0: No, not with with Billy Preston. I reckon it's better. He's getting better on balls. He's getting a pick and pop guy. I think he can actually do better. But if I am LeVar Ball in this situation, if I'm Jermaine Jackson, if I'm anyone associated with LaMelo Ball, I am saying just shut it down. Completely shut it down. Your stock's the highest it's going to be. That's, that is, and I'm pretty sure that Completely was Hammond's point as well. Of if
1: he is having the year that he's had, he's got back-to-back triple doubles. You're going to finish
0: bottom. Why, what else do you have to do? You want to be the number one pick. Right now, your stock is do that you give, high. While we're on this topic, do you give New Zealand any chance to climb up the ladder now that they've got Hobson back, the Glen Rice sort of saga appears to be over, Webster balling out? I reckon there's one team they might be able to catch. And we'll get onto that a bit later. Eh, we'll touch it. Anyway, it's time for Werther to cut loose. Our favourite man is currently residing down in Bunbury. And I'll tell you what, for some reason, he just keeps getting mad at the world <laughs> over there. So let's check in and see what he has to say.
2: Last week, you guys stated that it sounded like I was delivering a eulogy. And this week, I might actually do so for the Brisbane Bullets and Andre Lamanas. They've struggled with consistency and balance this season and look like a team that is not going to make the finals. Andre Lomanis brought in Nathan Sobey to be the guy to get him to the grand final. And while he has been great this year, he's also been part of the problem with the balance. I don't think he's a point guard in this league. I think he's a great two-man. Courtside commentator Cam Draga once said that this is not poker and three of a kind will not win you a hand here. And with their three imports of Singler, Braun and Patterson, you have three of the same player playing the same position. Now, Lamanis is a little bit stubborn and he's gone out and said he likes the options that he has. But I think he'd like the options a lot more if he had a proper foreman and a proper point guard to go alongside Lamar Patterson. Last night, they went into New Zealand and laid an egg. A team that fired their import the morning of the game and were without Stars' uh, gun, RJ Hampton. For the Bullets to play like that in a game where they needed to win to stay with the top four highlights the issues of the Brisbane Bullets this year. With that also goes what's happening with the players. Now injuries play a part of it. Mika Vacona and Ruben Terengia are obviously injured and aren't going at the same level as what they were last year. But what's the excuse for Cam Glidden? There's a guy that's really struggling for form at the moment. And I'd love to see the Bullets actually run a few plays for him to get wide open. Now, the biggest bargaining chip for the in years gone by has been that he was the Boomers coach and was able to recruit players to come play for him. Now that he doesn't have that bargaining chip, you have to wonder where to now for the Bullets and their roster. I believe they may need to make a change straight away if there's any hope of making the playoffs this season. But if not, where to next season? They need more balance they need more consistency, and at the moment, the Bullets have neither.
1: Well, <laughs> we're that, he's right. And this is the team I, exactly, I'm exactly, i glad we went to it, and he brought that up. I didn't know he was going to do that, but they're the team the Breakers can catch. The, the Bullets have been so inconsistent, and you know what annoys me was pre-season, I had them in the top four, and I was like, they got Sobe, he's just gone from level to level each year, and we know what Lamar Patterson's going to do, and I was like, these guys, Will Magna, we we called their game in the preseason. They looked really good, mind you. I think Taylor Braun had 28, um, didn't miss a shot. So yeah, we that like, wasn't the Taylor Braun <laughs> that we, we have now. That, that was a whole different So man. I was like, what is going on with these bullets? Like They're going to be really good and they really just have been so inconsistent. And the one thing he says, I saw you write it down, so be not a point guard. They need that facilitator, but also you look at every other point guard in this league, there's a pretty elite point guards in this league. You're playing a bit of out of position. I think he's best off the ball as well. So he's right. And where to next? I don't know. I really don't know
0: for the bullets. Well, see, I know where to next for the bullets. You, you keep with Lamanas. And because now that I've mentioned it before, again, I had to harp on the same point. But next year could be the first year that Lamar, well, will be the first year that Lamar doesn't have to worry about the circus that is the boomers and the politics that follows it and having to work his way around that, which has become even more complicated with all of the recent drama around the NBA stuff. And you think that he's focusing on the Bullets instead of the national team, then you're wrong. The national team is always going to take precedence in that situation. And I understand they've, they've made issues in the import spots this year. From the word that we've heard is they're not financially able to make any changes there. But and I heard it on Twitter addition by subtraction. Do you take out Braun, thus allowing Glidden to then sort of work into his own game? Like we saw in the first years that he played at Cans, working off the on balls, that sort of stuff. He's, look, there's no reason that in this league, a guy like Clint Steindl should be playing better than Cam Glidden. That's not a knock on Clint Steindl. It's they're just different. They're sort of Glidden is the upgrade on Steindl, whereas Steindl is just a come off the screen shoot. Glidden has some shake to his game, he can go back and forth. So if you have a strong Glidden in there, I think it opens Soby up a little bit more. I think addition by subtraction is my recipe for the bullets right now. But you also have to stick with Lamanas for minimum one more year. Well, for a guy who failed college, that's a pretty good equation. No, I didn't Worked fail. I you. chose to step away. <laughs> and, no, uh, I didn't. I got my degree. I'm, also yeah, I'm not even talking about the coach.
1: I think you, you're right. Lamanas should be there next year. It's the roster that needs to be able to change. And where they said it, it's about finding the balance. And as you said, say you take out the money that's spent on Braun and you get back in a Cam Glidden that was in the Boomers team for a reason, and you put that money towards an actual point guard, then it kind of changes. Lamar Patterson can play the four a little bit and kind of has to in that team right now. And then you can shift Cam Glidden around, Soby up, and then bring in an actual import point guard. And all of a sudden, you've got a pretty solid roster. Kadig has that real spark off the bench and you've got Will Magnet as a backup. You've kind of got the guys you need in a nice roster and that's what they're missing, I think. So... I'm with you on that, and it's weird that we actually agree with
0: everybody on this show with you, me, yeah. and though, for once. It's <laughs> a little love triangle yeah, going on nice. there. But anyway, let's jump into in player or out of bounds here, and and this is exciting for me. And the maths is hard to do on it. And the quotes are hard to find, but LeBron has come out and said that if there has if there isn't changes that are made to whether college players getting paid or the NBA making a change where you can go one and done and st- or not one and done and straight into the NBA. Because young Bronny Jr., who is currently lighting up high school games on ESPN, looks to have a better jump shot than his daddy. Which is saying something, because LeBron's not a terrible shooter, and he seems to have quite a few of the athletic attributes as well, which usually comes with genetics with having a child. (laughs) (laughs) So it's no surprise there. But he graduates in 2022, I think we ended up agreeing that it is. 22 or 23. 22 or 23 he graduates, but we're not sure where the eligibility would come there and what NBL season. But Bronny Jr., a potential next star. Unbelievable. And I'm glad that we spoke about this. Confirmed. We want, <laughs> yeah, secured, it's done. confirmed, it's
1: done. sources. Him and Zier Wade. Is it Zier or Zier? Zier. Zier, Z- Zier Wade. Z, Z- Wade. Zier Z- Wade. Z- Wade. But either way, both of them are going to be graduating, similar time, and it's a strong chance. You're right. LeBron came out and said, if the NCAA doesn't change their ruling by then, then they're going to look for other options, he believes. And Adam Silver has come out and said that by that draft he believes the rule would have changed. LeBron but we, has the
0: league by the balls. If that, he says I want my son in the leagues fresh out of high school, then well, they're gonna they're gonna fold and, and the he reasons, owns half the league we clutch sports. And now. the reason he wants that is because he doesn't have to wait another year
1: playing at a bigger uh, older age. He wants to get him straight there so he can be on the same team, maybe even have a couple of years. But hang on, LeBron, we'd love to see Bronny down here playing. I think I, I spoke to Jeremy Lolliger last week on the um on the S E N show, little plug right there, and he said uh He'd, it's been thrown around just the potential of that chance and how big
0: the That would be huge. If we think Lamelo's a big deal. lamelo has got a lot of pop culture hype around him. But LeBron James Jr. would be the biggest thing to happen in the history of the NBA. 100%. Just for imagine
1: sure. it. And we know how stubborn... We both went to the NCAA colleges. We know how stubborn that organisation is. Yeah. So I'm hoping that for once they kind of stick to their guns just so we can see Bronny Jr. on our shores. And that would be every team would be chasing that signature. My issue here,
0: though is because of LeBron's involvement with Nike, he goes straight to the biggest Nike school they have, which is either which is Duke. He's gone straight to the Blue Devils. And there's already the the Mike Sheshewski, there's Ohio State, which is another chance, another Nike school. But I just feel like Nike pushes that one. And whether it's right or wrong, they push that one through. Well, here's LeBron. the issue. The thing is, as you said, um, when to, which he can't sign to- with Nike if he came to the NBL. He could sign a big Nike 100%. deal and then all of a sudden, but Get I think own- they prefer it to just kill two birds with one stone there and promote the Nike school.
1: And- or his first Bronny shoe when he comes plays pro. Like there's kind uh, of... Because the- one thing is that family's not short on cash. No. So he doesn't have to worry about it if he goes to college, but... That's in play for me because I think everybody would love to see that. And let's get it going. Let's start. He's got his own Instagram now. Let's just flood it for the next three years. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get Bronny Jr. Just tag Jeremy in every every single single post. Just get
0: him going there. But anyways, time for Hot or Cold. My favorite question of the whole Hot or Cold segment, Mike Kelly, Coach of the Year. I'm going to jump in before you have a chance on this. This one is hot. Hot. So hot that it is most definitely going to happen. Mike Kelly is the coach of the year by far.
1: This is the hottest thing we've ever spoke about. And I'm all oh, for it. Oh, we've spoken
0: about some pretty hot stuff, but just in alternate oh, college. So,
1: sorry, that's neither here nor there. Slash, <laughs> <our, our
0: laughs> I'll um, be intent. Un- unbelievable
1: for, for what he's done and where they've come from last year. And he had a tough time taking over that and started 0-3 this year. And people were again saying, that like, maybe he's not the right man for the job. This Cairns type-ins ross isn't as good as they are. What he's doing right now, they are so fun to watch and their culture has just changed completely since last year and you've got to give him a lot of credit for that. But my thing is, one, I do believe that, but if you're Cairns, please
0: lock these imports away now. Lock- well, they, yeah, it's easier said than done because they're not going to lock away now because they know that Cairns potentially doesn't have the finance. If you, you can try to find it, which I know they're looking down the barrel of potentially private ownership or something like that, and if they're ever going to do that, it's now. That's- now's the time to pounce because but- you you have a potential to make the finals here. But that's my point. And you're going to ha- if you want to
1: go and think, oh, I've got to find a new uh, couple of imports, find cash for them, or whatever. You know what you've got right now. Build around these three. Because we don't have it in here, but
0: Scott Machado
1: right now is the best point guard in the league. Cam Oliver's
0: potentially the best
1: forward. If they in the league. stay, if they keep pushing towards this playoff run, there is no reason that man shouldn't be an MVP conversation. No,
0: one hundred percent. If they make the finals, he's well and truly up there. And as well, you look at uh, just the whole Cairns coaching style, Jamie O'Loughlin, Mike Kelly. Last year they they uncovered Melo Trimble. Yep. This year they've uncovered Scott Machado and Cam Oliver. So the recruiting there. It goes beyond just getting... It goes beyond. That's guys who know how to find good players. And unfortunately, I don't want it to become a feeding ground. Which a lot of Cairns
1: fans and members are really scared of, which is why I said, do whatever you can. Man, make a GoFundMe.
0: I'm sure everyone's about (laughs) it. Let's lock them in. Here's another one, and I'm sure you'll like this one. Hot or cold? Perth fans need to relax. Hot, man. Goodness me. No one... It's not (laughs) Perth against the world. First off, let me let me say no, this. No, it is. I lived in Perth for two years, so I do know. I lived in Cottesloe Beach for two years. But here's my it, thing. It is over there. It is a culture of Perth against the world. Well, here's my thing. Everybody hates Perth because they're so good. Yeah.
1: They have been so good for so many years. You want to have that d- disrespect, if you want to call it. But I hate Perth because every time I played them, they seem to beat us, and they beat us in the Grand Final series last year.
0: Everybody. That's why people hate Perth. It's not that everyone's over there saying, "Oh, we don't care about you." People hate you. It's. You know, the only reason that I... And I don't dislike Perth, but when I went to Perth, I sat at the end of the bench for the entire game with a blonde mullet and was just systematically roasted by everyone sitting in those (laughs) courtside sections. But no, I'm always high on Perth. And even this year, if I had to right now say who's going to win the championship, I'm probably going to go towards Perth because they're able to fly through this That's because you got
1: called out on Twitter, mate.
0: Yeah, I got called out. And I'm (laughs) going to go down the barrel on this one. Harpy, you've come at me a couple of times on Twitter and no disrespect to you, but you've got to remember that No one is more on the Perth bandwagon in this entire media thing, apart from, you know, Lockie Reed and Tim Gossage, who work in Perth, than me for the Wildcats. I think the Wildcats are actually going to win the championship. So have that on record, play it on a loop. Because I think the
1: Wildcats Jeez, are going to win the championship. I can't wait till he retweets that to his 16 followers. But <laughs> seriously, though, it's the reason people hate Perth is because of how good they are. It basically, is. It's the
0: Warriors mentality. Basically, it's the
1: most endearing thing ever for Perth fans. And yes, you enjoy, get up and about. I love it. Like We're saying relax with saying that you don't get enough love. We're There's saying relax reason. with the most endearment we can as well.
0: I don't want you to relax. I want you to keep going crazy, yeah, Red Army, that, Jungle style. But stop saying that everybody hates Perth. Yeah, no one's like, like in a... No one. Wants well, there's homicide who sort of who goes to Perth, but he also voiced back when he was on this podcast earlier. He has his legitimate reasons why he dislikes Perth. Well, that's different. He's had yeah. his own run-ins with them, which are actually. I'm quite just saying because you brought it. up, we got both got tweeted at by old mate, and yeah. I'm, I was like, where would
1: you come from? And I've I've also been on the Perth bandwagon, so no, he is, yeah. he, Harpy is a keen listener to
0: the show. So shout out, love you, Harpy. Shout out to Harpy. Terry Armstrong's situation could hurt the next stars program. Now are we he three for three played. hot right now. Yeah, we're three for three hot, so it's, one of us has to go cold here. I'm probably going to go I'm, – I'm, again, going in hot on this because it's – right now there's the upper echelon. There's the RJ Hamptons and the LaMelo Balls who came into this situation already as top-rated draft picks. Terry Armstrong came down as probably one of those second, third tier when we're talking about a like a second-rounder prediction. Look, I'll say cold
1: for the sake of the different situations those three are in. RJ was always going to get the keys, which kind of forced Shaili out and then LaMelo Ball was always going to get the keys in Illawarra just because of the roster they had. Terry Armstrong's coming in to sit behind the marquee player, Mitch Creek. Yeah, th- you're in a bad... That's a bad situation. I mean, well, it's he's, good. Not, he's
0: not really sitting that much behind Mitch Creek. Look, he's sitting behind... Kendall Stevens. Mad- ben coming in, in. Kendall uh, Stevens. Another high-profile
1: signing spot. coming in from Europe that yeah. has really played
0: well in this league before. But when you're an next star... In, in, the, in the States. And he's, you're looking at it and you're not... But then again, for the marketing of the league, we want the big-time guys coming.
1: Yeah, yeah. No that's,
0: disrespect. That, that's the thing. No, yeah, no disrespect to Terry Armstrong. Yeah. This dude's going to go on and have a great career. He's still he's, on draft boards. He's just like 18 years old. Yeah,
1: he's on draft boards <laughs> and he's sitting behind and it's a different roster. You look at... Whoever's looking at the next stars, look at where these teams are on the lattice. The, the other two next stars are sitting at the bottom of with of uh, the Breakers and the Hawks and the Phoenix yeah. are contesting for a playoff spot. His, his situation, and he was hurt for a while as well. So I'm yeah, going like to say yeah, cold. Yeah, that yeah, there's a, there's yeah, a few things going on. As
0: much as I hate to say, you may have moved that that one. That one could be cold as well. And I'm looking at it from an NBL marketing you're perspective. Right. As and it. we want we want Bronny and White. So. We want <laughs> Bronny and Zia weight Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there will be multiple Didi Lozada's next year. So the mid-level draft stash, because Perth, I mean Sydney have already come out and said, which I think was a great move. As much as people hate it and say they got four, five imports, six imports, whatever they're saying, it's a smart move. They found a loophole and they took advantage of it. I love that you've come up with this. This is hot. I like this. This is hot. I reckon there's going to be a whole lot of them. And that's good.
1: Anyone who's in like the second round of that draft and people want to stock them away, what better place to do it than learning from these pros and certain guys who've been in the league before. And I love it and I think it will happen. And when you've got the Pelicans GM hyping it up so much about how much he's loving seeing Didi evolve... Not only that, and the man's English is getting better as well, man. His, His English, English is, is getting everything. great. I can't wait till he starts just heavily trash talking out there as well. Well, it's funny, actually, on the trash talking, being out he's obviously fluent in Portuguese. And there was a nice close up of one of our mates, Mirko Juric,
0: in the game that he wasn't too happy and he went
1: full Serbian. And you can't really get teed up when you're fluent in another language. <laughs> no, so. you
0: can. I actually got teed up in China because the F word was the only thing that the ref actually knew. Well, so he t- knew that in English, <laughs> which, yeah, I probably should not have on that. I'm talking about English versus Portuguese and Serbian. <laughs> <laughs> Hot or cold, Lamar Patterson off the bench What is
1: What happened there?
0: We off need the answers bench. We
1: need answers And he went off too Yeah, he went off yeah, <laughs> 30, 36
0: 36 points I don't know, is it just me or maybe an extra 5 minutes on the court Could have helped him to 40?
1: I don't know But Why? I understand uh, had to,
0: Something happened Some, We
1: need to find out what happened Because you don't just put your... I was about to say leading score, But he's everything to them
0: he's, he's absolutely everything He's the heart and soul Nathan Sobey as well Has been having a fairly good season Averaging 16 points But again Sobey being forced into that PG position Still making an adjustment there Something
1: had to have happened Whether he too enjoyed the Sky City Casino In <laughs> Wellington or hey, we said we not going to touch it No I'm said not said touching that we I'm touch just it. saying him in general it. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying
0: in general I've been there at 5am before In the I've Sky City that. Casino It's no, nice No, one. My favourite casino was the um, The one on the Gold Coast When you play Brisbane Oh yeah, well, we yeah, had that yeah, random yeah. play. Oh yeah, because oh, you, you're, you're not hurt? allowed to take shots in there. So I got asked to leave because I didn't know. I didn't know what shoot it meant. When she when she said you can't shoot it like with the drink, so I took the drink of Jack Daniels. I was like, oh, just give it. She was like, Oh, I can give it to you on the rocks. Right. So I took it on the rocks. And they're like, Don't shoot it. I was like, What? So then I took it as a shot. And they were like, You gotta leave now. Like right. yelling at me. You like, thought when the she said
1: don't shoot it, she saw your debut. When she
0: said don't shoot it, I was oh, like, Okay, Dean.
1: I know. I, I went oh six, but so I'm still gonna get it. <laughs> it, <laughs> up.
0: it sneaks its way. <laughs> it always every, every show. show. But
1: no, yeah, I'm I'm not sure why. Something must have happened. He might have had a little play up at training, or
0: maybe he just didn't feel good. But if you don't feel good and drop 36, <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, he, looked, one, he looked he looked he looked he looked. It looked good. (laughs) Good. Jumping over to some NBA stuff now. And, And this one just grinds my gears for so long. The fact that James Harden, and there's so many basketball purists out there, oh, it doesn't look good. The way James Harden plays, to some, is not aesthetic. But for that reason, he doesn't deserve to be given the amount of disrespect that he's given. He's one of the best players that we've ever seen. One of the best pure scorers. And just because he does it in an unflattering way from the free throw line, he's getting legitimately fouled. He's great at well, drawing
1: fouls. He's no, he's not. They're he's,
0: legitimate fouls. The way he contorts his body looks bad, but there is contact, and the refs, if it wasn't a foul, they wouldn't call it a It'd be
1: 50 50. That is outrageous by you because half the time he hooks the arm and then when he tries to get a foul of it, he's a, he's a smart man. I'm not giving you that, but that is an outrageous
0: thing to you say every single one of those are fouls. Well, I'll tell you what, the producer's in my ear saying that he pushes off right now. So. Yeah, he's and in my ear. There's, there's well. a lot of people that don't agree with me on this, but I think he's the most disrespected. He's the most disrespected
1: because of people who are fully on the James Bandwagon going out there with all these outrageous claims. He's a, one of, as you said, one of the most elite. He's averaging we've almost ever forty seen.
0: points, and yet he's just. And you can see that he gets tired of it. It actually, it, it this, it genuinely affects him. The fact that he goes out there and scores for averages forty in, in unforeseen numbers, yet everyone's like, "Oh no, it's not a set." Houston aren't going to win. Houston are winning. But this is so. This has had.
1: This has changes <laughs> with everything because. He's now almost normalized this, which we go back to a couple of years ago when Westbrook went back-to-back triple-doubles in a season, averaging, and people were like, yeah, it's whatever. He shouldn't even be considered one of the best because it's just normal. These are both outrageous things. Like these things, now that we've seen them happen consistently, have
0: become normal. It's the same as the Perth Wildcats. They win so much, you get sick of it. And you're like, oh, what do we That's do? We uh, fire the coach. The right. Coach's got to go. He's we, not, We've lost three games.
1: He's he disrespect. And the fact that I'm just mad that you said that every single one of them fouls. I'm going to get they some are, clips. He gets
0: legitimately fouled. we need he he clips to argue for that, next week to
1: show Felix how ridiculous that statement so if was. If you can
0: afford the NBA IP, <laughs> <then> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get the clips. Otherwise, we're playing this one on 2K. But anyway, let's jump back to the NBL right now. It's time to put your money where your mouth is before we finish up. I hate this segment. Yeah, well, it's interesting that you hate this segment because you are sitting on a lowly $76 while I... Sit up top in the penthouse on two hundred and forty-four dollars with our NBL betting. So again, I just want to hear the absolute tripe that you're going to instruct. In. And I do say gamble responsibly in this period. Which Sorry, gambling punters. responsibly would be taking my tips and not Pete Hooley's I'm looking down. Talent. I'm looking
1: down this one. I'm due for a comeback here because I tell you what, I nearly threw it all on Sydney to beat Cairns last week, and I'm sure everyone else did. I think it was a dollar twenty something. So let me down there, and I was also one leg on my multi away, which really, really hurt me. But this week I'm bouncing back. <laughs> I got a fifty-dollar multi. On Perth to beat Brisbane and Melbourne to beat the Hawks. Lock that in. That's money in the bank. Start looking for your house in Brighton if you back me there. 30 on a multi of Perth over Cairns and Phoenix over Adelaide on the line. I'm a bit safer on that one. And then yeah. 20 bucks on Adelaide to beat New Zealand in New Zealand. So I'm going... I'm chasing you, but I'm going for a little bit. I think at least two out of these three will get home. So start looking on realestate.com, everybody, if you back me. And I'm happy with it.
0: Well, they always say... Uh, again, I, 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 they sound, sound good you, in theory. You sound like a broken record. But uh, <laughs> first off,
1: you were also saying that like you didn't back it with the Kings versus Cans, but you were saying like, oh, it's, it's not a bad bet.
0: What? The Kings versus Cans? Yeah. Yeah, well, it wasn't a terrible bet when you're talking about the top of the ladder 11-1. and one. That's never a bad bet when you take them. So shut up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear what you've I'm got. got and
0: they always say that bet with your mind, not with your heart. And it, it pains me to have to do that this week. I'm taking Perth to beat Cairns. I like it. I'm taking. I'm, I'm putting the whole hundred on Perth to beat Cairns. I put the whole stack on Perth to beat the Titans, just because at the, Cairns. At Cairns, and look, the Taipans oh. are a great team. I reckon they're going to finish in the top four, but I've already stated that Perth are probably right up there with Sydney, equal. As the championship favourites right now. Before we go, let's get
1: this on the record that we are probably the biggest two cans lovers going around besides anyone hundred 100%, 100%. But I think they will not beat Perth three times no. this year. It's, it's hard enough to beat two.
0: a team. You could be a bogey team, but I yeah. just think that Perth are coming into this game. There's no overlooking, and Bryce Cotton's just going to go absolutely, well, for lack look, of a better term, if actually. If the
1: funders want to jump on both of our bets, you can get a, even a
0: high-riser in the city. I don't know, because we're both <laughs> home in these. No, no, you'd actually break even, because you win on mine and lose on yours. But anyway... <laughs> That's all we've got time for this week. I'm sure it's going to be another massive weekend of NBL action. If you are going to have a punt this weekend, then make sure you do so responsibly. Otherwise, enjoy the games and we'll see you next Tuesday.